0: Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at thebrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro The Force is with you, Young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet.
1: My powers have doubled since the last time we met, Count.
0: Hey! Suffering death, I fear. Something terrible has happened, Young Skywalker.
1: The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural.
2: I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back.
0: You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for are
2: the droids we're looking for master skywalker there are too many of them what are we going to do help me
3: obi-wan
4: kenobi Do I only help you?
2: hello there fear is the path to the dark side fear leads to
0: anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering I- 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 Execute
4: NNF
5: Welcome ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Twilex Mandalorians, clones, both regs, and... Uh, deformed ones, I guess, whatever they're called. Uh, Jedi. Sith. Yeah. And that's all you transdotions as well. We did not forget about you guys. It's an inclusive podcast to another edition of the New Force Order. Full Laugh podcast. Or Star Wars podcast, people not star trek none of that crap the good stuff We're top shelf liquor my friend we're star trek a galaxy far far away and if you have not realized that by now there is no hope for you and doc do me a favor tell these scruffy nerf herders out there in the galaxy far far away that if you do not have hope
2: what can you not do uh, you cannot build a rebellion.
1: Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope.
2: That is
5: correct. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a action-packed new stacked edition. Uh, so let's get this underway. I am one third of your host. I am a professional wrestler. Multi-time champion Of a galaxy far far away Current Heavyweight champion in three different promotions At the same time The Thanos Of independent wrestling Because I'm (laughs) going to be collecting championships Like he collected Infinity Stones I am a Star Wars aficionado I am The Greek god Papadon A.K.A. your boy ggp now next to me well he's not next to me i feel his forced presence in the room all the way from Mexico, from the Sith Witness Protection Program, my tall friend, do me a favor, do the fans a favor, do Doc a favor, give us a nice, hey yo, and introduce
3: yourself. Hey yo, ladies and gentlemen, I am the talk lord of the podcast, the Sith Thorey, the rampaging Revan Kiss, the Butcher, your boy, Dark Spirit On.
5: and finally bringing it up the rear i mean bringing it hey now uh you know him i know him as doc but he is the doctor of thundernomics the medical droid with the kung fu grip who loves to steal your girl and show him his status quo but most importantly he really enjoys stealing
2: your thunder Introduce yourself, sir. Hi, I'm Smarter Than 2, wouldn't be more technical than FX7, the god of steel and thunder. And the man who wonders, with all those droids out in the Star Wars universe, there's got to be a WD-40, right? Doctor Destroyo, Alex, I yeah. <laughs>
5: That's dope. That's dope. I like that WD-40. Nice. Well played, sir. Kudos to you. I, Thank
2: I, you. I got my son sitting next to me. who's like hovering over me, telling me, "Yo, fuck your podcast. Let's let's go watch the Conjuring movie because you guys talk about the same shit constantly." I can't. <laughs> I can't argue with a guy. He's right. <laughs> if are gonna go, well, see ladies podcast, and gentlemen, that's the
5: show. See you. Uh, the Conjuring movie is the same movie over and over again. Anyway, that's so true. the
2: Conjuring movie is the same movie over and over again.
5: Tell your son just because he's tall. And just because he he was banging the chick during episode three, doesn't mean he could tell
2: you what to do. Papa Don just said, just because you're tall, and just because you were banging the chick during episode three, doesn't mean you can tell me what to do. Now go get your shine box.
0: Salute Tommy. No more shines, Billy. What? I said no more shines. Maybe you didn't hear about it. You've been away a long time. They didn't go up, they didn't tell you. Uh, I don't shine shoes anymore. Relax. Where you for crying out? What's got into you? I'm breaking your balls a little bit. That's all. I'm only kidding with you. Sometimes I mean... you don't sound like you're kidding. You know, there's a lot of people around. I mean, yeah. I'm only kidding with you. We're having a party. I mean, I just came home. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I'm breaking your balls, and you're right away, you're getting fucking fresh. I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you. I'm sorry, too. It's okay, no problem. Okay, salute. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt! You, come you, you come fucking piece of come shit! Come yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Come
2: on, come on, come on! Fuck
5: it. <laughs> Tremendous. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the show has fallen off the rails once again. We weren't we even did. on the rails to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we were on the rails to begin with either. But let's start off with the segment that we like to start the show off usually. It is that segment that puts a smile on your face. It's good vibrations. And sweet sensations. It's Marky Mark and his funky tweets.
0: Yeah, can you feel it, baby? I can too. It.
5: Now, I don't know if you people don't know this. Hopefully, you do. Go follow. Mark Hamill on Twitter. It's at Hamill himself. Tell him the NFO podcast sent you. It's at NFO underscore podcast. Let him know that we are. Enlightening the masses. About his abilities. To make the world a better place. In 140 characters or less. This week's tweet. Comes from none other. Than our friend of the show. Stephen Stanton. And you can follow Stephen Stanton. At. Steven underscore statin. And this was his tweet. On this day, 41 years ago, hashtag Star Wars the On Empire... this day. I'll see clearly. Sorry, I
2: said somebody here is on this day. Go right, pop it in.
5: You think you know me. Uh, now I sound like Sharon. Uh, <laughs> on this day, 41 years ago, hashtag Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Backs makes his debut opening in theaters across the country. Here's the original trailer that Harrison Ford did a voiceover on. See if you can spot any other Easter eggs. Then Mark Hamill ch- chimes in. Uh, I had never seen this before. Retweeting it for Harrison's Harrison's incredibly dynamic voiceover performance alone hashtag fantastic fiery Ford and our producer is going to put in that clip right about now
1: Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess destroyed the Death Star but their story didn't end there Creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. The continuing story of our band of heroes. Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. And introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. Of heroes and villains. They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds. Galactic Odyssey Against Oppression. A big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer.
2: So, Doc, what do you think? So initially, when I listened to it, I I didn't realize it was actually Harrison Ford till kind of the end. But it it seems like someone has a gun to his head while he was actually doing it. Because he sounded particularly distressed as he was like, Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) He, He didn't seem thrilled at all. So, uh... But does he ever see? he ever no, see? Him no, not, no, not at all. So this is why it was a, a really odd choice for for them to to throw him out there. It was a um, interesting uh, voiceover he did. Um, again, not very enthusiastic, and uh, for me, he really didn't sell the movie so much at all. But they kind of gave a significant chunk of the plot away in them on that. Uh, if you watch the video of it, like they show. Um, Lando getting choked out by Chewie. They show... Uh, what else did they show that was pretty... They show the Wampa and Luke grabbing the lightsaber. It's like they, 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 they're showing how you make the sausage over here. Come
5: on. No, well, back in those days, when we were young, um, those trailers gave away the entire movie from start to finish. Nowadays, you know, they put shit that doesn't even make the movie. You yeah. know? So... They try to work is better now than they did before, but what are you
2: gonna say? Why buy the milk when you get the Why buy the cow when you get the milk for free, baby?
5: That's right. Oh, by the way, Doc, knock knock.
2: Who's there? Impatient cow. Impatient. Moo. He's <laughs> got the worst. You guys, we should people. We should pay people for Patreon so they could listen to the show before the show. When you're telling me all these horrific jokes.
5: <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. All right, Doc. Boba Fett. Where? Disney Plus. In December. Great segue. Yes. Um, Bosk. The Transdotion bounty hunter is rumored to return.
2: Yeah, baby. So this is this popped out this week. I don't know who heard what or or you know where it's coming from, but we also know that Ming-Na Wen said that um, Boba Fett has rapped. Um, she's obviously prominent in, in that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My name is Boba. I am the best. You will suck my balls from my asshole to my crest. Um, a little freestyle for you guys out there. <laughs> Get it? The razor crest, the crest. All right. Anyway. Okay. So. Um, we know that it wrapped. So, was there a little, a uh, little ditty that dropped? That um, take that, take that.
5: Oh, uh, uh, sorry. That
2: uh, Bosk is going to be in this. That's going to be that. I would love for Bosk to be, be in this. If there's, if there's one character that intrigued me from Empire Strikes Back that really has gotten not a significant amount of movie shine. You know, you got a little bit of cartoon shine. Uh, it's gonna be Bosk, and to see him translate to live action, we've already seen some translations in The Mandalorian, so uh, we know they could pull it off. Give me some Bosk. Let's let's go, baby. Now let me
5: ask you this: Didn't we hear that it already uh, wrapped? Yeah, like two weeks, two three weeks ago. No, maybe even more. Right?
2: Didn't we hear that a while ago? Yeah, did the reshoots. Did they uh, it's probably. I mean, it makes it makes sense if they did, and that's the reason why they had to bring people back. But Tamara Morrison was talking about it wrapping at least maybe two months ago.
5: I remember the there. video that we played on the show.
2: Yeah, exactly. He's talking about him being the you know, actor on the set and everybody putting their COVID shields down and all that stuff like that.
5: Yeah, that's right. It wasn't a Mandela effect. It actually happened. It did. There was no Mandela effect on this one.
2: Yeah, Very but, either, but either way, uh, listen how much they had to go back and refilm? I'm sure they had to do something. I mean, I'm sure every movie has, has this little, uh, problem with it where you like, oh shit. We, we forgot to grab something. Let's bring everybody back and head back to the volume.
5: You know, speaking about the volume, uh, there is, uh, speculation. Uh, well, now it's now it's kind of confirmed as well. Uh, Pedro.
2: I I only deal in an innuendo, not speculation.
5: Well, Pedro Pascal did something with Obi-Wan Kenobi actor, Ewan McGregor, where it was because of our variety, they have a thing called the Actors on Actor, where (laughs) actors- I've watched a lot of those movies. Yeah, me too. Uh, Actors, well, only for 30 seconds at a time. Uh, Actors on Actors is basically two actors interviewing themselves and marking out to each other. And Pedro Pascal and Ewan McGregor did an interview. I saw it today. It's about 30 or 40 minutes long. Um, and he asked him, uh, about season three of the Mandalorian and Pedro says, we haven't canceled. shot a third
2: season. He says canceled.
5: No, 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 no. We haven't shot a third season. So, uh, confident, confidentially, confidentially. So anyway, let me tell you what's going on. And then changes the story. Cause he says he hasn't shot anything for season three yet. Well,
2: there you go. So people
5: are speculating what the hell's going on. Cause originally he, you know. It was supposed to take place right after Book of Boba Fett was done uh, filming, which was, uh, we thought, a couple of months ago. Yep. Obviously, it's not the case. But there's more. The plot thickens. What people are reporting now is that because you and McGregor and shooting Obi-Wan Kenobi is using the volume in L.A., that's why it's prohibiting uh, season three to start. So now season three may come december 2022 or beginning of 2023
2: oh, that so makes sense
5: what do you what's your take on it
2: uh i mean <laughs> if the volume sorry if the volume is uh only a certain you know amount of uh space long and they can't jam everybody inside there unlike my high school girlfriend um hey no. uh, hey oh, it makes sense so they got to finish fil- filming one before they drop another one inside there um Either way, you know, I think your prediction about the Mando getting canceled season three is uh, going to be incorrect and we shall see it. But, uh, you know, we got to free the volume up to get there. I hope I hope I am. Incorrect. Speaking That's of what? volumes, speaking of volumes. So I, I'm going to show you these pop it on across the screen over here so our viewers can't see them. But today I just received from the fantastic comic shop Mutant Beaver, which is in Canada, a few covers. Like I said, remember I told you there was like 60 covers for this fucking War of the Bounty Hunters? Yep. So here's some of the covers. So here we go. Here's straight up Boba Mask right there.
5: Is that supposed to be
2: like a Frank Miller Wolverine without the crossbow? Uh, yeah, kind of. I guess. I don't know. This is by uh, Lee Lee and Lee and Hook. Here's another one. I believe that's the Mike Mayhew cover. Where you know he got Boba seeing from the uh, snail's eye view, looking up at him. That's pretty cool. Real, that's a pretty cool one, right? Here's another one. Eh. You know, not side bad. profile view with the guns. And then here's the third one with him. Fourth one, him walking into the uh, looks like canteen. He got Bosque on the side over there. you got Greedo on the side. and They're all giving him the stink eye as he as he walks through the door. So um, and this is literally all the same issue. This is it's not like this is a separate issue. It's four different covers from the same comic book store for the same book uh by four different artists and i have probably five or six more this is also cool too. you like this one too iron fist yeah that looks nice nice but um they are cranking these things out i have another three of them somewhere rolled up in my room somewhere i showed you the one last week that i'm gonna get redone um but uh it's uh it's impressive
5: yeah i just don't get the the gist of why they're doing all these covers but
2: whatever I don't know why, because they sell sell money. Money, 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 money. A little flying friend over there makes a lot of dough, you know what I'm
5: saying? That's right, he's raking in the dough, boy, raking in the dough. Raking in the dough, boy, raking in the dough. All right, listen. (sighs) Speaking of clones, since we all know that Boba is a clone of Django, is Omega gains another clone force, a uh, 99 mentor? Hunter, the Charlie Sheen the, <laughs> of the group, uh, Sorry, was she in, origin-
2: in, in, uh, in, in hot Shots
5: yes, was her original mentor. But after episode five, it seems like Echo has stepped up to the role. Uh, he's teaching her how to shoot the crossbow, telling her how to follow rules. What do you think?
2: Whatever I think they're all gonna you know at some point endear themselves to her. Uh, Which's face record did it to her two episodes ago when he made her a little room thing and, and gave her the doll. So I, I think that she's gonna be like the adopted daughter of all, of all of them at some point. So she's gonna have to have some interaction and some reason to uh, you know for them to to love her and endear her for whatever tragedy is gonna happen at the end. I'm
5: um, it's it, you know it's very cool you brought up record because. People are afraid because of the latest episode that Wrecker might be switching sides and turning oh, heel and joining across soon. What do you yep. think?
2: Yeah, well, we haven't done our episode yet, so uh, either we save it for that so these, you know, Marks can listen to that. Or we talk about it here because uh, Wrecker definitely looks like he's turning to the dark side.
5: All right. Well, you know, during the episode or episodes, they kind of touch base. And why the empire abandoned clones, right? Project War Mantle. Yeah, Tarkin thinks it says it's too expensive, but in reality, we don't want—they don't want the the Kaminoans uh, having the power to control their army. Makes sense. Um, but episode six of the Bad Batch shows uh, Rafa and Trace, your your favorite dynamic duo, Ugh. leave Corellia with a data from an old Separatist tactical droid. Now. The intelligence designed to help fight, the it contains intelligence that's designed to help fight the clone army. Uh, this information the Empire wanted destroyed and it is circling among the Empire's enemies now within months after Palpatine's taking the Imperial throne. So this is almost like a from a certain point of view, if you will, maybe we'll just make it from a certain point of view right now. What do you think? Do you think that's the real reason? Because they found they already found a tactical droid that that has the uh, intelligence on how to beat clones. Uh, even though he says it's too expensive, we all know the Empire controls the money, so it's like money's no issue. They can print the money they want, like the federal government, like yeah. the federal Federal Reserve, not the federal government. Excuse me. Because
2: they're using Imperial credits. Yes. Yes, sir. Can you wakes for
5: my answer. Is that what we're doing here? Sure, it's an it's
2: an it's an uh, impromptu impromptu from a certain point of, view. Point of so, view. So, so uh, th- they're taking the head because they want to get the data to beat the clone army. Correct. What's my other option, for a certain that, point of view,
5: <laughs> that either it's too expensive or that they don't want the 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 people from Camino the 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 alien race oh, to yeah, have,
2: I, have 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 them by the balls. I personally think that it's. You know, they, they had the guise of, oh, well, we want soldiers who are a little more uh, free thinkers or, you know, separate and different, which is kind of nonsense when you have this perfect soldier that's basically, you know, proven in battle. Um, and I think it's because they don't want the comedians to have a leg up on them, because if if the rebellion gets, to the to you know, the, the Kaminoans and they're able to poison the, the DNA or, you know, swing them to their side, they could end the you know the uh the empire in in a heartbeat because they basically have the pipeline to everything that they need and everything that 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 they're using against them to enforce this this law so I think that is the uh is the onus for all this they realize that that is one of their weak spots when it comes to uh them getting defeated and and they don't want you know a small little porthole on the side of the Death Star to blow them up again
5: again, hasn't blown up
2: yet Oh my bad you're right. I'm always right. Fucking Thailand. <laughs> anyway.
5: All right. Well, there you go. From a certain point of view, real quick. Uh, Andor, your favorite dishwasher. Um, <laughs> I, know I popped you. I know I did. Uh, there's a certain actor by the name of Robert Enns from His Dark Materials in Chernobyl. He's joining the cast. Are you familiar with Robert Ms?
2: Never heard of it before.
5: I know his brother Eminem's, but Eminem's. I don't know. Probably. I know his
2: other brother, Tommy, but I don't know him. Um, yeah. Who cares? Uh, again, another actor jumping on the board. I don't know who he is. But what's interesting is that, uh, I mean, as we said before, that Bosk is making a return. There's also another character making a return to the Andor series. <laughs> oh, must die there. it seems that some eagle-eyed uh, fans during that uh, video that they posted about uh, Andor Saw a character that we had seen in Rogue One. One of the generals, I can't remember what his name is. Uh, not not General Sergeant Ruscott Melshi. Sergeant uh, Vince Russo. Russo Sergeant Ruscott Melshi. It sounds it sounds, Melshi. Very, it sounds very Russian. Um, so they saw this well, guy. There his name who,
5: is Duncan Powell, the actor
2: who uh, Kung Pow, who saw um who Kung saw Pao. his demise in the Rogue One uh, series. So this guy's coming back, which again makes sense because why not be able to use characters that have died or characters that we have seen before to further flesh them out? Who are there? I think it's great. I think it's smart. Um, I also hope that they um they they use that guy who 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 Cassian violently kills in the streets his, oh, his uh, informant, his, yeah, his spy informant over there. Like, wouldn't it be great if they like showed like the two of them like being boys and buddies and like. Coming up, and then my man just fucking gasses him in the in the alley. That'd be dope.
5: It'd be you know he'd be really fucked up if he hurt his arm saving Andor. Oh, because that's right. He had
2: the uh, he had the gimmick arm. Yeah, so he had, he had the cowboy Bob Horton.
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bob Orton was so underrated, bro. So talented. Oh wait. Anyway. anyway, um, we talked about the McGregor Pascal doing actors on actors. Very interesting. Uh, one cool factor was that, is, is, they is, is that, that a,
2: it gave that, uh, the SJW chick uh, 16 orgasms. Is that what it was? Probably.
5: Oh yeah, probably. He's the one who wrote um, that article. Oh, I didn't read the article. I just saw the, uh, Oh shit. You're right. Um, but, uh, I'm always right. Nice. Well played. Um, I watched the interview and he says that Hugh McGregor never acted with stormtroopers before. He always did the clone troopers. And he said he walked by a stormtrooper on set and he like reverted to his childhood like a six year old boy. And then he spoke about, you know, how great it must be like uh, to Pedro acting alongside the animatronic puppet Grogu. And how surreal it might be because, you know, for one minute, it's like you're talking to a real person. And then the next minute when they say cut, you know, they shut down. He goes, he had the same experience with Yoda in episode one. But episode two and three, when they use CGI Yoda, he goes, it wasn't uh, as appealing to him as an actor. It was more of a letdown. Of course. So I, th- I thought it was pretty cool that they marked out and, and became six years old because he was able to actually do a scene with a stormtrooper because he never did one before
2: how funny is it when you said that, that he's never done a scene with a stormtrooper? And I'm like, what's this fucking idiot talking about? He did a scene in A New Hope with plenty of stormtroopers. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that was Alan <laughs> I just completely superposed the two of them on each other. That's crazy. That means he's doing a good job acting.
5: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Geekosity. You ever hear that site? Never. Okay. Well, they're reporting that there's... Uh... Early development for a Disney Plus series of none other than our boy, Darth Maul.
0: Wow.
5: So the report series would likely explore the dark side of the Force in a way never before seen. Uh, it's slated in early development at Lucasfilm, although Star Wars Studios is yet to confirm this. It should be noted that Maul has been long rumored to appear in multiple Disney Plus series. However, this is the first time a report has claimed that a Maul-centric show is actually in early development. I got one thing to say about this. Yeah! No. Finally, we can reveal ourselves to the Jedi. <laughs> no. Seriously? Uh, what's better than Maul?
2: More fucking Darth Maul baby. Oh,
5: absolutely. So bring it on. I would love to see a Maul series. Uh, you know, and have uh Ray Park bring the character even further to life. Oh,
2: how absolutely sick is this is this is this idea. And again, easy money. This is a layup for them. An absolute layup. There's, there's no reason why they they shouldn't be doing this. Totally 100% agree with you. Um
5: hopefully it is true. I mean, there's certain things in Star Wars that just make sense because it's gonna make so much dollars down the road. This is actually one of them. That a Vader series, um, you know, uh, a Luke series. This is just stuff that just common sense. You don't need to be a rocket surgeon or a brain scientist to figure it out. You know what I mean?
2: A hundred percent, of course. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a little bit of each, but that's alright.
5: I know you are. You're a very uh, talented individual. I mean, you could chew gum and walk at the same time. So that's good.
2: Unlike certain presidents
5: (laughs) who fall up the stairs. Um, But speaking about walking, Star Wars star, Star Wars actor, walks out of Netflix series mid-production.
2: That was a great transition, by the way. Thank you.
5: Uh, Did you read the article? You know
2: what I'm talking about? I did. So uh, Boyega is doing some show for Netflix. I don't know what it's called. Rebel Ridge. Rebel Ridge sounds wonderful. Sounds like uh, Clint Eastwood should be involved in it. Um, And apparently he got some phone call that he's got some family emergency or some shit. And he just decided to just pick it up and dip out of there, which, okay, so that's respectable. Um, And then I'm looking at the comments on on the article when it was when it was released. And man, he got lit the fuck up on those comments, boy. They were not kind of, oh, this fucking guy, ungrateful, this and this. I'm like, dude, maybe somebody died and just lighten him up. It was particularly nasty. Oh, uh, absolutely!
5: Look, there's only one thing worse than a fan, and that's a fan that thinks they know everything. Uh-huh. Um, the people at Netflix were okay with him walking off because it's a family emergency. Of course. And I'm and I'm pretty sure the um, time and the scarole that's invested into this project by Netflix uh, is not something that they can just you know bat in an eyelash at and say it's okay. They obviously gonna take a look, take a step back, look at the situation right. and make sure, yeah. make sure it's legit. And he's not just doing it because he's being, uh, a prissy, you know, uh, what is, what is somebody Hollywood actor. A diva? Yeah. And then these people are jumping on board
2: and they're talking trash well, about it. They're killing him. He got, he got, he got raked over the coals in some of those comments. I was like, wow. Well, Who look, the fuck knows what happened?
5: All I'm going to say is that we hope Everything works out for him and his family. And uh, you definitely got the NFO support. And hopefully all all ends well. And uh, no bad news comes from this. So keep your head up, Boyega. You know what I'm saying? Do your thing. But uh, more Star Wars news. Thrawn promises of Star Wars future beyond Palpatine's shadow. This was more of a blah article. That says that uh, from Screen Rant that a uh, new type of villain for fresh new stories with a new take on things. That's what Thrawn will be promising, outside of the
2: shadow of Palpatine. Well, we've seen you know Thrawn. We've seen him in books. We've seen him in in um, in cartoon series. So we know that you know there exists villains beyond this. It's such a like a shitty article to throw out there. Like oh yeah, hey this new guy's it looks really not new. We've known about him for decades at this point. Um, And yeah, we would love to have uh, villains beyond Palpatine. And he is by far and away one of the ones that we want the most. So I think I I speak for you and Spiro as well when we say that we're all pretty excited about the prospect of this Ahsoka series and where it's going to go and what we're going to see, how Rebels dovetails into live action.
5: Absolutely. Now, not only are we, I mean, obviously, we're going to get excited with Thrawn. Would, would you say we would almost be as excited as we were when we saw Rogue One? We saw the Vader Hallway scene. Um, it depends how they introduce him. The reason why I say that is because did you know
2: that that scene nearly didn't happen? Oh my god, that's sacrilegious! A scene as enormous as that, where it's an absolute amazing, ridiculous, kick-ass scene almost didn't happen. Why is that? Well, Kevin Hickman, who worked on the film,
5: revealed that Darth Vader wasn't always going to have such a huge scene in Rogue One. He told the people who interviewed him, the last thing that we actually shot was a Darth Vader moment. That was something that was not in the original shoot. And that was something that one of the filmmakers thought, oh, Why don't we tie Darth Vader in somehow? And it just kind of fell into place. And that was the last thing we shot. It was actually filmed about three or four months before the film was released. So it was literally the last thing that we shot on that film. I still get chills when I watch it. It's a great, great moment. It really is. Then Kevin Hickman explained further about his role in Rogue One. When I came on to the movie, the movie had already been in production for a very long time. But they did reshoots right back in that summer of 2016. I came on with them when they bought additional editor, John Gilroy. It should have been Tony Gilroy, but whatever. John Gilroy, who I worked with before. So we went on the film and we went to London and we were there for the reshoots and the restructuring of the film. And the movie was undergoing a lot of changes during this time. One of the biggest things that I was involved in was helping structure the third act of the film. Like once they got the scarif, there was a lot of work that we had to do to sort of get the film in shape. Kevin Hickman was a major part of the team that was put together to finish the film with the reshoots that took place following the initial shoots in the summer of 2015. Some of the major shifts that were made during Rogue One's, Rogue One's reshoots included the modeling, I'm sorry, the molding of the film's third act right before the film's release. As the editor recalled, one of the key moments in the entire film was shot in London and edited in Pinewood Studios, just a few months before it hit theater in December. Now, this is from Cinnabon, mm. not Cinnabun. Those bun. taste great, by the way. Um, so, Doc, what's your take on the matter? Imagine a Rogue One with no no Darth Vader scene. Uh, it's
2: it, it would instantly made that movie a lot less good. That was. You know, especially th- having that towards the end, that payoff was amazing, and it's something that we wanted to see for a long, long time. You know, Vader against the noobs, just ripping them apart. Um, I could understand why they potentially wasn't in the in the in the first cut of the film, but them going back and redoing it, it was as absolutely brilliant.
5: Yeah, man, gave a lot of connective tissues, and I absolutely love the fact that the last five ten minutes of the film fits into episode four. Like a glove.
0: Like a glove. Like
1: a glove.
5: To where that if you take off the credits, the end credits and the opening credits and just paste the two films together. You have it's a perfectly like one, seamless movie. Exactly. One long movie. Uh, speaking about movies the Force Awakens secretly revealed how the First Order honored Tarkin. Were you aware of this?
2: I was not. You wanted to touch base on this, or you I, want me to go through the article? I do not even remember reading this article, but, but keep, keep going. In The
5: Force Awakens, the First Order honored Tarkin in two ways. Firstly, the TIE Fighter Squadron stationed at Starkiller ba- Killer Base is named Tarkin's Revenge. The title isn't actually revealed in The Force Awakens itself, the ships merely appear and are blown to bits soon after. Not entirely unlike Tarkin himself. The, the reference was instead confirmed in 2016 tie-in book, Complete Locations. Now, The Force Awakens, Episode 7, adds another hidden Tarkin homage. This time, the First Order's uniforms. The First Order Officers' ranks are denoted by a specific color uniform and each color bears a name embroidered on the cuff. These names translate to various heroes from the Empire and rank of Major, that's the teal uniform, takes the name of Tarkin. Once again, the detail was only confirmed after the fact via The Force Awakens, the Visual Dictionary. Through shift names and uniform embroidery, the first order more than pays tribute to grand moff tarkin and the hidden details serve to highlight how such a supplementary materials can
2: add to the main movie series i think it's funny that uh you know the guy who his <laughs> oh, excuse me his ultimate hubris led to the explosion of the uh, first death star is like this massive big you know big hero i see your point
5: and it is kind of ironic. Um, the one thing I don't like, again, unless you're a diehard, you wouldn't know. You know what I'm saying? No, not at so all. Start, and unless you actually read the the media, meaning um, not the visual media, but you know the publishing media aspect of Star Wars, you would have no clue. And that's a problem. Because... Those little fine details add connective tissue. People might say, "Oh, that's pretty cool," and add a little bit more to the movie so people can actually like the sequel trilogy. I know you like it, I know I like it. We know Spiro hates it, but <laughs> you know, regardless of, you know what, where we sit, it just it's just stupid. Like, like like that one scene I was telling you with uh, John Williams being the bartender and all the pieces behind them were movie pieces from the you know movies he scored like indiana jones whip or whatever the case may be was behind them and they took time and money and effort to set it up and showcase it and all this and that but we don't know what it is because he's in the film for what half a second Two tenths of a second you know so it's like what's the whole, what's the point i know you got to pay attention to details but if you're not going to emphasize on said details and all these little quirks and little Easter eggs, if you will, what the fuck's the point of doing it? So you can put it in a book? Come on now, guy, that's just like pissing in the wind. It makes no sense. That's like claiming you want your favorite movie is Rogue One and then you have never seen it. You know what I mean, Doc? I know you're a toy guy. I know you like lightsabers. Do you know has- Hasbro has now released a new? Type of lightsaber? No, I didn't hear about this. Please enlighten me. It's called Hasbro's lightsaber squad series, and what it is, it it's based on on turning Star Wars characters into lightsaber hilts. Oh, so they God, made sounds a, terrible. a, they've made a Grogu in uh, lightsaber hilt. So now you can have a baby Yoda, aka Grogu, uh, lightsaber. And it's just a hilt of Grogu and a lightsaber blade. And you're good to go for a, co- for a
2: child. This sounds terrible. Okay. Uh, next is going to be the the, uh, the the Grogu dildos that they're going to p- produce. Well, we do have the, the Starlac Pit
5: pocket pussy that you'd like to play with. So yeah, that's,
2: that's it's quite teethy.
5: Yeah, well, I heard that's what you like. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. Um, look, we know that sucked. Shitty article. But here's an interesting article. Did you know that car parts were used in the famous Han Solo Frozen and Carbonite prop from Empire Strikes Back?
2: No. Is this a Nick Malley thing?
5: I don't know. But side panels, uh, you know, the side panels on the where they show whether, you know, he's so, alive or yeah, the combination combination.
2: The, the, the light up ones. Yeah.
5: Yep. They actually came from a Volvo 343. <laughs> which is the car that was originally designed by the Dutch A uh, Dutch company called Daf DAF and could be and could be had with a Daf a Daf variomatic CVT transmission which the company was most known for and developing fascinating isn't it
2: it's like they're cosplaying like uh, for Comic-Con
5: is it as fascinating as Amelia Clark coming back as Kira in Star
2: Wars, it it is as fascinating as her coming back as Kira in Star Wars. Is that
5: good for Kira, or is that bad for the the car parts?
2: I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'll tell you something funny though, I, I on an off topic. Apparently, I got an article today that has nothing to do with Star Wars, but has everything to do with Amelia Clark. And uh, let me just uh, let me just read you the headline to this ditty over here, okay? Because I thought it was quite hilarious that my friend sent this to me. Billy Clark to release comic of heroin with menstruation superpowers. <laughs> the face is perfect. Uh this is Newsweek, by the way, so it's uh, it's legit. Uh <sighs> I don't even know how that's gonna go.
5: What she gonna bleed on everybody and they all die? Uh. Does she get like, like, like menstruation? Uh, rage or some kind of
2: cramp power. She's she's uh she's called the Red Death.
5: <laughs> she can have red wings <laughs> as a that's character. The,
2: that's the, that's what her partner is, red wings. Nice. Well, Amelia Clark,
5: after she's done with our and Flow, uh, decided to tell people uh, from ComicBook.com that she was very moved by the Return of Our Star Wars Character Kira. In the latest issue of the War of the Bounty Hunters. Where they show that she is the one who stole Han Solo from Boba Fett.
2: I'm shocked she even knew.
5: Yes. Well, let's get into the article. She says, Clark talked to comicbook.com about her character still being part of Star Wars mythos. It means so much. It means the absolute world. I know her backstory. I know her history. Oh, let me do it in a British accent. Hold on. Hello, Governor. Hello, Governor. It means so much. It means the absolute world. I know her backstory. I know her history. Maybe the movie didn't get to go there, but that was such an honor and privilege to be part of that universe as an actor. Governor. So then to see the character actually be taken on. To the origin of it all, bringing it on home to the family in that way, cemented it in a way I was not expecting to feel as moved as I was by that. Hip, hip, cheerio. God save the queen. Anyway, so. Pretty
2: good. It's pretty good.
5: She marked out. What do you think?
2: Good. Uh, she should mark out. She's in Star Wars, for Christ's sake. I'd mark out, too, if I was in Star Wars. Would
5: you mark, all, would you mark out all over our face, neck, and chest? I know every, I would. Single,
2: every single day of the week. Mother of dragons, come over here.
5: <laughs> would, you, would you grow your hair long and get a tattoo and be like the Dothraki? Uh, all day long, dude.
2: That, that's one of my favorite scenes in Game of Thrones, where she gets absolutely gut-crushed by Khal Drogo in the first season. <laughs>
5: hello there. And speaking about hello there... Revenge of the Sith era Obi-Wan Kenobi comes to Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. You ever play Galaxies of Heroes?
2: Never, but I know somebody who does.
5: So, Spiro, enlighten us on what you think about Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, from Revenge of the Sith era Obi-Wan Kenobi coming to Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes.
3: Well, Galaxy of Heroes is pretty much the only mobile game that I play. Um, I've been trying to get into other shit. Yeah. Um, like zombie games and shit, cause I fucking love zombie games. But um, I haven't found anything that that can keep me, you know. But Galaxy of Heroes, man. Galaxy of Heroes is something that I guess you gotta be a Star Wars mark, man, to to stick with it. And and I gotta tell you, man, unless you're the type of person that dishes out fucking money and shit to to get uh upgrades and all that bullshit to win it's a fucking grind and let me tell you man i don't i don't fucking it's not worth my my fucking hard-earned money man so it's been a grind for me man but obi-wan kenobi uh revenge of the sith era whatever the fuck that means you know um yeah, man, I'm excited for that. I've been—I pretty much have all the Kenobis that are out. I think there's only two of them right now. They got the—they got the Clone Wars Kenobi, and, and they got the original trilogy Kenobi. I got them both. Um, it was a fucking grind, man. But I definitely want to get this one, man. Um, Let me tell you, man, uh, Galaxy of Heroes is a game that if you're a fucking Star Wars fan, you'll fucking love playing it. Because, bro, there's so many awesome fucking characters from every fucking era from the old Republic. You got the Clone Wars era. You got the Return of the Jedi. You got the original trilogy. You got, you know, you got fucking from, from everything, man. From everything across the fucking board. Um, I'd like to see a few more old Republic era characters included. I think there's a lot like fucking Darth Malgus, like Darth Maul. Um, and there's so many others, man. But it's an excellent game. You know, you guys, if you want to get into this or if you're already playing and you're looking for a guild, I got the Knights of Spirit on still going. Um, you know, but it's tough, man. It's tough, you know. Uh, you know, if, if you don't have uh, a guild of active players, it's not, you know, you're not really going to go anywhere, man, you know. So if you want, hook up with us, Knights of Spirit on. It's it's a good guild, man. I mean, because it's my guild, of course.
5: Interesting, very interesting from
2: the gamer of the group. But no surprise, we all knew Spiro was going to be excited about that.
5: Of course, he's going to gush, gush, gush all over the games because that's what he likes to do, and his, he also he, likes
2: to. His team right now is Obi Wan Kenobi from um, that era and Darth, Darth Raven. I don't know what that is. Neither even, even do I. I think it's uh, something to do with WCW.
5: Uh, Nevermore. Star Wars The Old Republic Revan's Legacy Explained. I have no idea what they're talking about. Spiro, Spiro, maybe you want to enlighten us on this article from CBR.com talking about some guy named Revan and from The Old Republic. So, uh, do me a favor. Read this article for a change and uh, and feel great because we know it's it's been great, guys, but uh, more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, let us know what you think about this article and how it pertains to your um, fanboy-esque of Revan,
3: please. Man, Revan... Yeah, I'm a Revan fanboy in case you motherfuckers haven't been paying attention, but goddamn, what a convoluted fucking storyline, man. Jesus. Um yeah, hey, listen, man. Uh, I'm I'm all for Disney editing this motherfucker's um, arc, man. I mean, there's just a lot of shit that's it's. Oh my God, dude! It it gives me a fucking headache, man. It makes me fucking nauseous. I love the character. You know, there's a lot about him. I hope they keep. Um in fucking canon um you know make him out you know i hope they they keep him as the hero of the mandalorian wars i hope they they keep him as the fucking jedi that told the council to eat a dick um that you know there's a lot of you know this whole thing about him being you know being held captive, his fucking consciousness being held captive or something for fucking God knows how many hundreds and thousands of fucking years. They need to do something about that. Clean that shit up. I don't think there's any need for that shit. I'm sure they could find something else to replace that part Um, or just fucking cut it out, you know, have him have him go out and fucking battle fucking sacrificing himself, you know, I mean isn't that the fucking path of most heroic fucking force users that you know that you know go to the dark side and come back they they fucking die and shit you know i mean but what they really need to fucking talk about what what they really need you know that one thing that this article doesn't talk about is how Revan as a fucking sith lord wasn't really out there trying to massacre you know innocent people trying to fucking conquer you know and massacre people uh you know he was actually a pretty i don't know man i mean he gave himself to the dark side but did he really did he fully commit to it you know did he turn to the dark side out of necessity did he turn to the dark side in order to to spare count, you know, countless lives. I mean, you know, there's a lot of complexity that's interesting and that should be explored how they choose to explore it. I mean, I rather it's fucking explored in a series or a movie, not fucking books. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they're going to want to come out with fucking comics and books because, you know, they got to make that money, but you know, not everybody buys the books. Not everybody reads the fucking comics, you know, um, whatever, man, you want to do Disney plus you want to do live action movie for fucking Hollywood, whatever, man. But, um, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking excited, man. And as should everybody else be because, you know, Revan is fucking canon, whatever these two guys say doesn't matter. All right. Revenus canon, and, and that's that. All right. Well,
5: good analysis, my friend. Only you can talk so well about shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but stuff that does matter is that Dave, Lo- Dave Filoni might rewrite Star Wars history with Ahsoka's retcon. Did you read this?
2: Yeah, it was, I, I, I kind of skimmed through it, and I still was very confused as to what retcon they're talking about.
5: Yeah, I think they're talking about the hooded figure that was talking to Rafa and whatever the other chick's name is. um, The two people that you can't stand from uh, season 7 of of Clone Wars. um, Because people said they thought it might have been Darth Maul. But then they said, why would they be working for Maul? Then they said it it was uh,
2: Ahsoka.
5: Ahsoka, but then they said the word him. Yeah. So now they're saying that the cliffhanger from that episode, it may be Rex, who's tied with Ahsoka, Mm. but while it would be exciting to see Ahsoka return to the animated Star Wars universe, it would run the risk of removing EK Johnston's Ahsoka novel from Star Wars canon, because the Star Wars book follows Ahsoka's journey as she learns to live without the Jedi Order, aiming to renounce the Force and eventually becoming an operative of the begrudging Rebel Alliance. So, what do you think? Do you think they should fucking, if they do do this and retcon fucking Ahsoka like they did, uh, uh, Kanan, uh, Kanan's uh, Order sixty six portion of his story.
2: Again, if it makes sense, sure. Um, you know the the who's reading these novels anyway? I mean. We all want to see this shit in life. Keller. Exactly. We all want to see this stuff come to fruition the way we always want to see it uh, in, in, in reality. Um, so if they have to tweak something here and there to make something make sense, I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, it is what it is.
5: Well, we all know that Filoni loves Ahsoka, and that's his baby. So if anything's going to happen, it's on his watch, and it's going to be on his... On his dime. yeah. And uh, no one's going to stop him because in Filoni and Favreau, I trust. And I think a lot of people are trusting in him. Uh, Let's segue into all the rumor speculation, the sexual Nintendo that's going on real briefly with Star Wars behind the scenes. Now, people in the YouTube universe in this Star Wars uh, echo chamber that like to talk about news and drama and rumors like us. Uh, but they don't do it responsibly. They don't speculate responsibly like the NFO. Everybody's all over the place talking about how Faloney and Favreau are taking over. Then the next day, the same people are saying Kathleen Kennedy's taking over because she's staying there. We have a viable, reliable source, which we cannot name because we do not want to get this said person in trouble with. Lucasfilm and Disney or whatever, but he basically told us, and we're allowed to say it on the podcast, that Kathleen Kennedy has not been offered a contract to either renew it or as an extension, and that the higher-ups really want her to end her tenure there and move on and give the position of uh, running Lucasfilm to somebody else. And the frontline candidate is John Favreau. Shocking. So, um, a lot of people are upset with her. And a lot of people in the company who are Star Wars fans have fallen off because of the way she's handled certain projects in Star Wars. And decided to incorporate certain SJW snowflake agendas and narratives that really don't belong in Star Wars. Not because it's from a certain uh political point of view it's because all the real world nonsense that's basically corrupting and polluting the world as we know it today should not be incorporated in any form of star wars because whether it's on the left or the right doesn't matter we come to star wars to escape reality not to have it be mimicked and remind us of what the hell is going on and what's bothering us or what's not bothering us so With all that being said, you heard it here first. We're the same people that told you Luke Skywalker was coming at the end of season two of The Mandalorian when everyone else was not saying it. We're the same people that told you that episode uh, season three of Mandalorian will be canceled. Unfortunately, I hope that's not true. I don't know about that one. Keep going. We're also the same people that said that Luke Skywalker would be getting his own series or possible movie. Uh, possibly produced by Kevin Feige and being front-run by the Russo brothers, uh, there's talks of a series right now being be coming to Disney Plus. Ex- you know, exploring Luke's time between six and seven. So we might be onto something here, folks. We may know a thing or two about a thing or two. So, Doc, uh, you
2: have anything to add? I think uh, you know we've we've spoken to this. Uh Particular individual in the past before, and they have not led us astray. So um, it seems that uh, our, you know, our hopes and our dreams will not be dashed, and we'll be able to get rid of the the, the wicked witch of the west.
5: And rebellions are built on hope, right, motherfucker.
2: <laughs>
5: well, look. All in all, that was over. And speaking. Of over. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the show. Who is more over? Now, I know what you're saying if you're a first-time listener. That doesn't make any grammatical sense. And you're right, Sunshine. It doesn't. But this show isn't about making grammatical sense. It's about Star Wars. It's about pew, 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 pew. And it's about professional wrestling. Because we incorporate wrestling lingo into said podcast. Um. So... What does over mean? Over means being popular with the fans. It's wrestling lingo. When you're a good guy wrestler and you're over as a good guy wrestler, you're known as a babyface. And when you're over as a babyface, that means the people are dying to come see you wrestle and kick the crap out of the villain. They vicariously live through you. When you're a villain wrestler, you're known as a heel. You're known as a oh, heel. My bad. <laughs> I, mean, I I, I did pause the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're known as a heel, people hate you. They loathe you. They'll pay a lot of Scott Old to come see you get your ass kicked. And that's how you get over as a bad guy. So, with all that being said, we do not take said Star Wars uh, people or situations or objects and put them in a ring and have them fight each other. We compare two aspects of Star Wars. It could be a person. It could be a place. It could be a thing. And we see what's more over with you, the fans. All six of you guys. Even though we might have seven now. Maybe eight fans. I don't know. But most importantly, what's more over with us. So, Doc, tell them what's on the marquee after you're done
2: drilling. (laughs) My wife's not here. This week, we look at. Uh, two interesting and uh, fairly pivotal ships in the Star Wars universe. No, it's not the Millennium Falcon and uh, the X-Wing. We did that already. We're looking at the Imperial Shuttle Tidrinium. <laughs>
0: To Windu. You have fought gallantly. Worthy of recognition in the archives of the Jedi Order.
3: Now, it is finished. Surrender,
0: and your lives will be spared.
3: We will not be hostages to be bartered, Dooku. Then, I'm sorry, old friend.
2: Gunship that featured prominently in episode two.
3: schedule. You've done well, Lord Hedon. And now I sense you wish to continue your search for young Skywalker. Yes, my master. Patience, my friend. In time, he will see you out. And when he does, you must bring him before me. He has grown strong. Only together can we turn
0: him to the dark side of the Force. As you wish.
3: Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen.
5: (laughs) So, Doc? Yes? Can you enlighten the fans about what
2: the polls say? The poll. So fucking Facebook poll right now. Uh Imperial Shuttle versus New Republic gunship. Uh, it is 50-50 right down the line. Wow. We got a few and a few that like both. All right, let's go to uh said uh Instagram because I definitely put it up this week. I'm very excited. No comments? No comments on the Facebook this week. Wow. People are getting fucking lazy. Fucking oh, super fucking lazy. Okay. Oh, and then on Instagram, guess what, Papa Don? 50 50
5: dead tie dead fucking heat very interesting well ladies and gentlemen you guys can send us an email regarding this subject or any other segment we do here or just send us an email and tell us how great we are and how how much we're educating you and enlightening you and entertaining you with the nfo podcast or tell us how much we suck and you loathe us and you hate listening to us but just like a car wreck you can't turn away that's fine. And the uh, email address is at newforceorder@yahoo.com. So, we're going to go to none other than Brandon Miller.
2: Hey, NFO.
5: And again, little N, capital F, little O. Thank you, Brandon. While I'm a prequels guy, as you know, this week I'm going to go with the Imperial Shuttle. Despite its small stature, the ship always gave off a menacing vibe anytime it made its approach, whether it was the Emperor, Darth Vader, even more recently, Moff Gideon. Thanks to a combination of great score and a slow, methodical landing, you always felt Like whoever stepped out of the imperial shuttle was there to mess shit up and ruin some rebel scum's day. Just remember to always fly casual with it, guys. Can we get the clip from Return of the Jedi?
2: You don't tell me when to put fucking clips in, kid.
5: Have a great week, fellas. Well, Drandon, thank you. Uh, Doc, if you want to put that clip in, go ahead. I don't care.
2: Shuttle
1: Tidarium. Transmit to the clearance code for shield passage. Mm -hmm. Transmission commencing.
2: Now we find out if that code is worth the price we paid.
0: It'll work. It'll work.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Where is that shuttle going?
1: Shuttle Tidarium. What is your cargo and destination? Parts
2: and technical proof for the fourth moon.
0: Do they have a code clearance? It's an older code, sir, but it checks out. I was
1: about to clear them.
0: Vader's on that ship. Now, don't get jittery, Luke. There are a lot of command ships. Mm. Keep your distance, though, Chewie. But don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. Mm. I don't know. Fly casual.
5: Do you want to go first or actually, you know what? Let's, let's, let, let let's let the Sith Lord go first. Go ahead, uh, Spiro. All
3: right. This one's a little tougher than you would expect for me because man, fuck man, which one is more over, man? Listen, you know, it's like the fucking gunship is mega over with me, has always been over with me. It's, it's, it's always going to be over with the veteran in, in me. Um, Fuck man, you know what can I say about it? You know, again, I spoke about how the Clone War series, the Bad Batch, and um, you know, the prequel trilogy, you know, I I like the fucking I like how they show the these these battles, you know, how they deployed the fucking clones and the camaraderie between the clones and all that shit, you know. That spoke to the veteran in me and the gunship and watching them drop the fucking clone troopers and all that shit, you know, that's always going to be mega over with me. But, man, the fucking Imperial shuttle, man, when that motherfucker lands and the fucking ramp comes out and all that bullshit and you see the fucking stormtroopers and all that shit surrounding fucking Vader and, you know, then you know, and fucking the Emperor shows up or whatever the fuck, I mean, that alone fucking is like fucking boom. You know, it's it's fucking over. But which one is more over with me? Because at the end of the day, there can be only one. And um damn. Fuck, man. You know. Uh, I'm going to go with. You know what? The dark side will always fucking prevail. Okay. The dark side is strong within me. And I see this this very clearly. It's so clear to me. It will be the Imperial fucking shuttle because the dark side is strong and I am strong with the dark side of the force.
5: Now, I wasn't very surprised with his answer. How about you, Doc?
2: Uh, yeah, no, no kidding. Saw that coming from a model.
5: Over a Charles, why don't you tell us what you think?
2: <laughs> okay, so. Uh, so, Brandon, uh, he, he's a the kid, you know, despite the fact that he grew up in the prequels, is pretty astute. You know, every time I saw the shuttle Tidrinium, it was like, oh, something bad's happening. And the first time we see it is when the Emperor lands on the, on the Death Star. And all of a sudden, it's like everybody, you know, shores up and they're ready to get their asses kicked. So you know bad shit was happening. Um yeah, the rebels stole it at one point. Luke also leaves with one of them as well, I believe, uh to land on back on Endor. So it definitely has a prominent role in the universe. And its design is pretty cool. It's you know quite different than the X-Wing. It's still got folding wings, which is pretty neat. Um the gunship, you know, it I I felt like it was the savior of episode two, uh, when the the the, the Jedi were getting a shit trounced out of them, you know, our, the, the big three. They were losing to the to, to, to the zoo animals, and then the uh, Genosians kind of swarmed them, ready to for, for the kill. And then we see out the hallway, Mace rolls in the door, and but then we see those gunships kind of come down, and all the clones dive out of them and start shooting shit up. And then they're also featured prominently a little bit later, where they're all hanging out the sides, shooting blasters, got the whole nine yards going. It's for, as a functional ship-wise, and a warship, it's definitely. Uh, it's definitely more of a uh, a badass ship. So for me, I'm going to go episode two, Republic Gunship. Very
5: interesting. All good points. Um, and I'm with you on the gunship as far as its uh, practicality and its uh, effectiveness as a wartime ship. It was badass seeing everybody in the back holding on for dear life. Almost <laughs> kind of reminded me of the helicopters in Vietnam. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think that's
2: probably what it was meant to actually make the look as well.
5: It kind of reminds me of Wild Bill's, uh, wild, what was it, the Mosquito Helicopter from G.I. Oh, yeah, Joe? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. If you give me 10 seconds, I'll remember what the name of it was. But uh, yeah, it was Wild Bill who was running that.
5: It was the Dragonfly. That's Dragonfly.
2: There you go. Mosquito. You were, you were there. The I was close. The I was yet.
5: close. Yeah, success. Yes. Um, but the Imperial, what was it called? Tidyrian? Shuttle
2: Tigerian. Yep.
5: Ti- Shuttle Tidarian. Sounds like something from Game of Thrones. Um there's just something about
2: it. of Lannister.
5: It it looks very sleek. Like almost like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. The way uh, the wings go up and down like a Lamborghini door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I'm looking. And the fact that it that it can transport someone of vast importance like the emperor, and that's the first time you see him. You see the emperor getting off this ship, it makes you feel like this ship is something special. By looking at it, it does feel special. But, well, is it that special? <laughs> the practicality of it—it's just—it's just a carrier ship. There's no. There's no like war. It doesn't. It doesn't add anything to the War and the Stars but I'm going to go on looks alone and I'm going to pick this shit the the this because it's just from the OT and episode 6 and the whole the whole scene of the emperor coming down and talking to Vader and walking through and everyone's lined up you know and their Sunday's best it just <laughs> hits me in the feels you know what I mean
2: oh I'm with you I think it's a an awesome scene and this is a uh... So why I, I decided to put these two iconic ships against each other. Um, so there you have it, folks. That is
5: Who is more over. So if you guys still want to chime in on this battle, you can still send an email. We'll read it next week. NewForceOrder at Yahoo.com. Oh, Doc, when you go shopping, do you make a list?
2: Uh, every once in a while, I make a list. And when you, shit needs to be done in the house, does your wife make a list? She makes the honeydew list.
5: Thank you. I know one of those those lists suck. But I'll tell you one thing that doesn't suck. Star Wars lists. And it's about that time we go down that beaten path. Because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, New Force Order fans, you just made the list. You just made the list. (laughs) So, (laughs) So this is a segment where we take lists off the interwebs and we analyze them. We give our two cents. And we see it's a good list or it's horseshit. A lot of horseshit has transpired over the last couple of shows, but hopefully we can make soup, salad out of chicken shit, like the Sith Lord likes to say. So who talks first? Doc? You me, talk first? I me, talk first. Me, me,
2: I'm talking first. I'm talking first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's my list: The Mandalorian. The main characters ranked by fighting ability. Are you saying uh, that because it was the first one on the list? Uh no, I was saying it was the first one I found when I was scrolling to the uh the articles. Gotcha. Number 10. Uh moff gideon main villain series truly menacing and fearsome uh he gets the shit kicked out of him by din Djarin. number nine Cobb vanth uh now this is this with or without the boba armor because he's kind of like a nude right now number eight fennec shand she's a badass bounty hunter proving herself to be a brilliant fighter number seven bo katan Uh, happy to lead and head into a fight with confidence. Experienced fighter number six, she who shall remain nameless, who's been canceled in the past. Cara Dune, uh, pure power to the show. We sort of beat the piss out of Din in the beginning, and he was only able to get the best of her very briefly. Number five, which I kind of disagree with, IG 11. It's an interesting choice, yeah. Interesting choice. Is he a fighter? Shooter, maybe, but a fighter. He wanted to kill himself like 60 times during that first episode. Number four. Now, this is kind of like, you know, giving somebody the shine that me, Cosca Reeves, played by uh, Sasha Banks. Uh, Badass, uh, excellent hand to hand and weapons. We saw her go toe to toe with Boba as well, who subsequently is number three. Boba Fett is on there, Um, which, essentially, you know, this top three is a very interesting thing. So we got Boba at three who he beat the piss out of those stormtroopers. We got Ahsoka Tano at two, who's clearly a, a, a badass fighter and a, a, a significantly skilled Jedi warrior. And of course, number one, they got to give the man his shine in his own series, which may be a little debatable, is Din Djarin.
5: Hmm. I think they ranked Cara Dune too low, and I think they didn't incorporate Grogu, which he should have been incorporated that fucking guy the fucking stopped. Guy. That fucking guy over here. He stopped. Uh, what was that called? The the beast. The mud horn. The mud horn. It, and had him levitating in his in his track and saved uh, Dinjarin's hide plenty of times. He even forced Cara Dune when they were arm wrestling because yeah. he thought that she was hurting Din uh, Dinjarin. So I'm surprised they didn't even put him on the list. I would have. Um, uh, I I just
2: thought of a funny, you know, y- 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 you know those sexual things like the, uh, you know, the Chicago. No, I'm, mar- side-
5: I'm I'm married. We don't do that thing.
2: The 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 Chicago sidecar and the Russian, you know, uh, battle of the Cincinnati drag- bow tie. Yeah, exactly. I just sandwiches. thought of a new one. I thought of the the, <laughs> the tattooing mud mudhorn. Basically, you you know, you are banging the girl from behind, and you pull out, and then you shove your fist in her ass, and then wrap it around her and put it in her mouth. <laughs> it's <laughs> the mudhorn. Get it. <laughs> oh god, if you could fit
5: a fist in a girl's ass. Oof. I don't know where you fucking found her, but anyhow. Um, you ever hear of the Spider-Man? It's my favorite one. Yeah, Spider-Man's a good one. Okay. All right, listen, Star Wars, three ways each prequel movie is the best. Let's see what they say. Number 9. Phantom Menace. Introducing Anakin as a little kid made for a subversive Vader origin story. Uh, Number eight, Attack of the Clones. It has the most Jedi action. Okay. Number seven, Revenge of the Sith. The whole opening set piece is spectacular. Very true. Number six, The Phantom Menace. The pod racing sequence is totally cinematic. Number five, Attack of the Clones. Anakin Tusken Raider Massacre is one of his darkest acts. Number four, Revenge of the Sith. It focuses on Anakin's journey. Number three, Phantom Menace. The Duel of the Fates is one of the all-time greatest lightsaber duels. Okay. No doubt about it. Number two, Attack of the Clones. The Seismic Charge is Ben Burst's most glorious sound effect. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I don't know about that, but it's up there. Number one, Revenge of the Sith. It provides all the most explosive emotional payoffs. You are my brother, Anakin.
2: There is no doubt about that.
5: Absolutely. Good list.
2: Good list. I got another one here. Here we go. Uh, Six things we like to see in the Disney Plus Lando spinoff. The continuing adventures of old Lando Calrissian. Or young Lando Calrissian. So that's two right there, right? Okay, we got a. Uh, let us see Lando's gambling past. They want to see Lando get a, uh, you know, down the deep dark hole of uh, gambling uh, addiction. You ever watch Lando? Entourage? Uh, yes, occasionally. I have. Remember, seen
5: right remember Ari Gold went to Vegas with the boys, and he was down like seven hundred thousand dollars, and he was getting his ass kicked on blackjack. Yep. That would be that would be cool. We see Lando like that.
2: Behind Lando, and, and Lando has to get a little pansexual to get out of the debt. Anyway, no, um, no, no! How dare you, sir? How dare you, Lando? Cloud City administrator. So we want to see Lando uh, running Cloud City prior and how he actually got there. How he, as Han said, convinced somebody to do that. Explore Lando's pansexuality. Okay, we can just end this list right now. We move on. Show us Lando's history with Han and Chewie. I'm assuming they're meeting after the uh, the, the solo story. That list kind of sucks. Anyway, but I think it's a good idea if we do a Lando series to kind of do like almost like an anthology where they kind of bounce around and they go to different time periods in his life. I think that'd be cool. Well, let's do it while Billy D's still alive.
5: Yeah. You don't think they they should bookend it? Like uh every episode would be him telling a story about his past or, dr- or be, going th- going trying dumb. to he could be on his deathbed going through the Lando Calrissian Chronicles and like like telling his story to the computer, and then you do the flashback and it's Young Lando going through
2: everything or no? Uh that would be dope too. I would appreciate any of that. But I oh, think it an would be great.
5: What about Lando and Jana trying to find her, find the uh the family?
2: Yeah, well we'll see what happens with that, with the, with that story. Would you like to see that as part of the Lando Chron- Chronicles? Yeah. Uh, no? <laughs> I think there's I think there's better stories to tell than that one. All right.
5: Star Wars, the Knights of Ren, and nine other canceled concepts from the sequel trilogy. Let's see how pissed off we can get, huh? <laughs> Because last week when we did that Reddit thing, it really bothered me that some of that stuff was really badass and they didn't use it. They did the complete opposite. Anyway, number 10. The Knights of Ren meant nothing. No shit. They looked cool. Race parents are nobodies. Number eight. Supreme Leader Snoke's role. Number seven. Finn and Rose's romance. Number six. Ma's ownership of Luke's lightsaber. Yeah, we need to see that. Uh, Number five. Hold on. Fucking phone froze. The First Order Stormtroopers are brainwashed orphans. Number four. Spiro's going to love this one. Broom Boy's future. Yeah, Broom Boy. Number three. Captain Phasma is a major villain. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Number two, somehow Palpatine returned. We Number talked one. about
2: that many, many times. Finn's force sensitivity. Again, something we talked about many times. Yep. Balls got dropped, and they're not in the good way. Anyway. Mandalorian, seven best standalone episodes. Okay, so we're going to go through the seven best Mandalorian episodes. I know what
5: number one and number two are.
2: Okay. Well, you'd be surprised, buddy, I think. We're going to find out here. Number 10 is called The Passenger. The Passenger is the one where Frog they... Frog Lady. Lady, they take him with the to the ice planet, and they're getting chased by those uh, crazy ice spiders. Great mm-hmm. episode. Number two... Uh, number six, sorry, is Chapter Two, The Child. So we know about that. Um, when he goes on his little Indiana Jones adventure against the uh, the Jawas and he's bouncing around and li- literally it's basically beat by beat the Indiana Jones movie. Uh, chapter 13, The Jedi. It's the, the episode where he meets Ahsoka Tano, which also was a fantastic episode. And by the way, that's only number five, which is extremely interesting. Um, number four, The Marshal, the episode where um, chapter nine, where he meets up with Cobb Vanth and he helps Cobb Vanth to defeat the, um, C- Crate dragon, uh, with the, uh, the, uh, what are those things called? Sand people. Yep. Chapter 14, the tragedy. Now this is the one where Boba shows up to demand his armor back. And then Boba goes, the, uh, full on Robert Rodriguez, mama said, knock you out on the stormtroopers. Fantastic. episode. chapter two. Uh the number 2 is chapter 4 the sanctuary. Now, I disagree with this. That was the episode where Cara Dune and the Mando helped the uh, the villagers to defeat the pirates that were coming in to steal their little fucking krill or whatever they were, you know, mining in the water over there. Uh it's an homage to the a uh, different Akira Akira, Akira Kasawa classic um in the 7 seven samurai, but you know what? Yeah, not number 2. And number 1 which I think was probably my favorite episode of season one, the prisoner where Mando goes into the, uh, uh, I know to, to, to defeat and to free up the, uh, the the twilight guy. And I love that episode. Let's talk from that from the beginning, because it was a very horror episode kind of feel to it, which made it different. Um, and Bill Burr was in it too, which is great. So they didn't even mention Luke Skywalker at all. That's ridiculous. That
5: was the greatest episode out of the entire two series
2: at all.
5: And then I would say number two would probably be the Boba Fett episode. Number three is the Ahsoka episode. In my opinion, I like the Bill Burr episode where with the mask, uh, where he yep. shoots the guy. You know, for at the table uh, when Din Djarin takes off his mask to get his face in the registry.
2: Um, Let me ask you a question, okay? Have we seen like a bad episode of The Mandalorian? No, that's the that's the funny part. That's the beauty of this.
5: Even even, like the Prison Break episode was amazing, and the Frog Lady episode with the spider frogs was amazing. Uh, I'm literally the whole entire sixteen episodes of Mandalorian has been the greatest thing since the OT trilogy. Agreed. So it's kind of hard to pick, but if I had to pick one. Definitely the Luke episode, bro. I don't understand how that didn't even make the list. Not even on the list. So fucking, that's horseshit. Whoever wrote that, who wrote that? I don't know. Some loser. Screen rant. Shocking. Oh, fuck them. Spiro and Atopolis. There thing. you go. Every actor who's played Boba Fett. Don Franks, who was the voice in the holiday special. <laughs> Jeremy Bullock, who was the R- actor. IP
2: He just died recently. Beast, yes.
5: Uh... Jason Wingreen, he's the one who provided Boba's voice in Empire Strikes back before Tamara Morrison uh, took over.
2: Is that no good to be
5: dead? Alan Rosenberg uh, portrayed Boba. Boba, Boba was a Jew? No, with Alan Rosenberg of Civil Wars and LA Law fame, portrayed Boba during 1983 National Public Radio adaptation of the Empire Strikes Back. This 13-part radio drama was a huge hit, drawing an average of 750,000 listeners per episode, one of the largest audiences in NPR's history. Wow, so he was just a voice guy for the NPR playment of the radio edition of Empire Strikes Back. Interesting. Ed Bagley Jr.
2: Oh, I didn't know about that.
5: NPR would produce another radio drama, Return of the Jedi, which featured Ed Bagley Jr., now, Mark Bagley, Ed Bagley. Yeah, he was uh, a Boba. famous
2: actor though, right? I have fucked the guy down. Yeah, he was. He was in a bunch of different things. Neil Ross. Uh,
5: Star Wars, the master of Taras Kassi. He plays Boba Fett. He Great game. In the video game. <laughs> Tom Kane. Voice actor Tom Kane has a close relationship with Star Wars franchise, voicing like likes of the Jedi Master like, like Yoda, Admiral Yularen, in Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Admiral Ackbar in The Last Jedi. But before he had the opportunity to bring the characters to life, he voiced voiced Boba in a slew of video games, including Star Wars Demolition, Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, and Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Uh, Daniel Logan. Okay, enough said. Mm -hmm. Chris Cox. Um, Calm down. That's the guy's name. Uh, The 2003 Nintendo GameCube installment Star Wars Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike features Chris Cox as Boba. So more video game and uh, voice related stuff. Tamora Morrison is obviously number one. Oh, no. D. Bradley Baker voiced him in the um, Star Wars The Force Unleashed series. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And Trevor, Trevor Duvall. Takes over the role of Boba in Disney XD's Lego Star Wars. Interesting. Very, very interesting. A lot of voice actors taking the helm of uh, Boba. Get your
2: things. We're leaving.
5: When are we going to see Alex Arroyo be Boba Fett? Uh, have, some been- sha- have some chat on on your... Uh-
2: yeah right i've been uh you know talking with the idea of making my own um my own armor for a very very long time, but uh you know i I think I'm at the point where seeing the perfectionists in the 501st has really kind of like dissuaded me from doing it because uh to really go balls out I'm gonna need like you know six grand it's a lot of balls a lot of balls
5: I agree with you i just just looking at this stuff on like on Etsy or whatever. And people charging two, three grand just for the helmet and then and the and the armor and the gauntlets and all that stuff. A lot of dough. And, and then you got to spend like a couple hundred bucks for the belt and the the, the, the vest and the, the 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 Arab pants and the the boots and the covers and all that stuff. It just it's a lot of scuttle. It's a fun thing to do because you can do a lot with it, whether it's charity work or just trick or treating or join the five hundred first, whatever the case may be. But at the same time. You got to make sure that uh, the ends justify the means because
2: it's a lot of scuttle. It's a lot of fucking money, dude. And, and you have to upkeep it and like, you know, get it done. And if you want to do it yourself, you'll save some dough with that by painting it. But if you want somebody to do it, but it's like, it's, it's crazy. I, I'd love to do it, but then what am I going to do? It just standing up in the middle of my fucking bedroom. So wash me. I like, bang. No, thanks.
5: Right. So uh, is there anything else you want to add?
2: Any more news? Um there was uh you know nothing fantastic. Next week I'll talk about something interesting and special. Um for you, you know, you guys uh at home taking a listen to this. You'll have something to look forward to next week. Um but uh I think we'll I think we'll take it home right here, big man. Nice. Spiro,
5: let them know where they can find you at.
3: You can also find me every Friday on the on the Rational Rage podcast on the Rational Rage Network. It's a Show where people come on, they hang out, we have a few drinks, and we talk about anything. Uh, on Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiriton, and that's it, guys.
5: It's been great, Spiro. It's been, it's great, been great having you it's on. Been on Greek? The show. It's, it's been great. It's been great me. too. Oh, not Greek, great. Uh, last week we did that, trying to play off the fucking soundbite. And Matt ribbed us all. He didn't put the it's been great <laughs> part. So we sound like idiots. So thank you, Matt, for making us look like a fucking <laughs> um, Matt bunch of nuts What's a Fonzonutes? Guy who farts in the tub and bites the bubble. Anyway. Um, so that's that. Uh, you can find me at Greek Art Paparon on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Demetrius Paparon on Facebook. Uh, Greek Art Paparon on YouTube. And you can find... Uh, pro wrestling t slash Greek, I pop it on is my pro wrestling t store. Where you can go eat GGP t shirts. So help a brother out. I got kids, Doc. Where they can find you at?
2: Find me at Doctor D R Destroyo D E S T R R O Y O Instagram, Alex M D on Twitter, Alex Royo on Facebook, and also Doctor Destroyo on TikTok.
5: You can find the NFO collectively together at NFO underscore Podcast on Twitter. New Force Order on Instagram, Official New Force Order on Facebook. And the email address, just to send us emails regarding anything, is NewforceOrder at Yahoo.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time and thank you for letting us entertain you. Hopefully, we enlightened you. We taught you something you didn't know. And most importantly, we entang- we entertained you and we all had a good time doing it and allowed us to continue what we do best. And that's get Star Wars more over with you and never try to get ourselves over on the expense of Star Wars. This has been another action packed, new stacked edition of the new new Force Order.
2: For life, that's just too
5: sweet. Come on, guys. I can't. It's been great. It's been great, guys. Revan's cannon. come on, guys. Henceforth, you shall be known as the
4: New Force Order. I ain't no joke, I used to let the mic smoke Now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke When I'm gone, no one gets on Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up The scene I set, I like to stand in a crowd And watch the people wonder, damn But think about it, then you understand I'm just an addict, addicted to music Maybe it's a habit, I gotta use it Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian Jokers are wild, if you wanna be I treat you like a child, and you're gonna be named another enemy, not even a friend of me. Cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing. Cause I just put your mind on pause, and I complete when you compare my rhyme with yours. I wake you up, and as I stare in your face, you seem stunned. Remember me, the one you got your idea from. But soon you start to suffer. The tuna get rougher when you start to stutter. That's when you had enough of fighting. It'll make you choke. You can't provoke, you can't cope. You should have broke because I ain't no joke. joke. As serious as cancer who can keep the average dancer hyper as a heart attack? Nobody's smiling. Cause you're expressing the rhyme that I'm styling. This is what we all sit down to write. You can't make it, so you take it home. Break it and bite. Use pieces and bits of all my hip hop hits. Get the style down, packed, then it's time to switch. Put my tape on pause and add some more to yours. Then you figure you're ready for the neighborhood chores. The E-M-C-E-E, don't even try to be. When you come up to speak, don't even lie to me. You like to exaggerate, dream and imagine. Then change the rhyme around that could aggravate me. So when you see me come up freeze, or oh, you'll be one of those seven MCs They think that I'm a new jack, but only if they knew that they who think wrong or they who can't do that style that I'm doing They might ruin patterns of paragraphs based on you, and you're all B DJ if anything he play sound familiar. I wait to eat, say him So I'ma have the diss. Who broke you can get a smack for this? I ain't no joke. the microphone like a grudge. Be a whole of record so the needle don't budge. I hold a conversation cause what I invent I nominated my DJ the president. When I'm C, I'll keep a freestyle going steadily. So pucker up and whistle my melody. But whatever you do, don't miss one. There'll be another rough rhyme after this one. Before you know it, you're following the feeling waiting for the punchline to get the meaning. Like before, the mural of my story I'm telling. Nobody geeks the off to so stop yelling. Save it. Put it in your pocket for later. Cause I'm moving the crowd and be a rectifator. No interruptions till the mic is broke. When I'm gone, then you can joke. Cause everything is real on a serious tip. Keep playing, and I'd be furious quick, and i take it for a walk through hell. Freeze your dome, then watch your eyeballs swell. Guide you out of triple stage darkness. When it get dark again, then I'ma spark this microphone. Cause the heat is on, you see smoke in the finish when the beat is gone. I'm no joke, no joke, no joke.